and they can start the party at Scotland. That's a brilliant goal from Gary Jones. And Henderson, oh, what a goal! Hello and welcome to another episode of the RochdaleAFC.com podcast. My name is Dean and I am joined as always by Chaff. Chaff, how are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Thank you. Good stuff. And we've also got Ryan with us again. Ryan, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not bad at all, mate. Um, unfortunately, we've got a win and a defeat to talk about this week since uh, some of the podcast team weren't ready to do uh, an overreaction pod to the Plymouth game. I think that's what we'll call it. Um, so we'll be speaking about the incredible 4-0 away victory over Plymouth and the disappointing 2-0 home defeat to Lincoln City a few days later. Uh, we'll start off with that, that performance down in Devon, though. Uh, Ryan, where did that come from? <laughs> I don't know. I think... We've sort of talked about it for a while now where we've we've sort of played well and then when the opposition score, it sort of goes tits up quite quickly. So I think getting that early goal, I think we might see this a couple of times in the season. I think if we get the first goal early, I, th- I don't think there's any reason why we the game opens up and we then go and do it. So it was a shock. I think I sort of bought, I follow relatively reluctantly that night and I was a bit, you know, Plymouth away, you're always a bit like, oh, there's no points there, probably a 3-0 loss or something. But yeah, just really good, came from nowhere and really pleasing to watch um, and a great result. Yeah, Chaff, Ryan touched on that early goal there and it really did sort of open the game up for us, didn't it? And gave us more opportunities to attack than, than we've had in most games this season. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think we've started the last few games quite quickly, really. We've just not been able to carve out any decent opportunities early doors, and then by the time like the opposition sort of start start playing, we we kind of lose sort of possession a lot, and we and they're always the ones who always go on and, and get the early goal. So it was really good to get an early goal, um, not something I'm used to. I'm not, not used to Jay Beasley scoring either, and I thought once he took it around the goalkeeper. I thought he'd sort of messed it up a little bit because I thought his touch was a little bit heavy, but yeah, it went in. Uh, great start to the game. And yeah, at that point, I thought we might get something here. Yeah, Ryan, on that goal, obviously I've been quite critical of Jake Beasley. I don't think you guys have been quite as critical as me, but um, it was definitely encouraging to see him take that goal the way that he did in beating the keeper and showing a bit of confidence rather than, passing the ball to Nubi, which I must admit at the time I was screaming for him to do. Yeah, really good to see. I think it was it was almost, dis- well, it was disappointing to see him get injured so quickly, but like you said, great composure because I fully expected once he went through to, I think he got to the edge of a box after his first touch and then I was expecting him to just try and slot it um, and to take it round him. I was a bit like, oh, sort of where's this come from? Um, but really good composure, really good well, a scrappy finish in the end, but um, a really good goal. And hopefully it's um, it's a start of something for him, but it's just a bit disappointing. There's no real momentum for him um, from Saturday. He's probably out this weekend as well. I don't know. I can't remember what the protocols are. Is it two weeks? Um, so, 
yeah, see what happens when he comes back. But yeah, really good, really pleasing. Yeah, Chaff on the injury, um, obviously missed out on Saturday as a result of it. And like Ryan said, could miss out again in the, in the next few games. Um, that is disappointing, isn't it? But is there a little bit of us that are maybe quite relieved because it looked horrible at the time, didn't it? And obviously the fact that 19 minutes were added on at the end of the half sort of showed just how long he was down for and just how much of a worry it was from not only the Dale um, medical team, but also the Plymouth medical team that helped out, helped him out. Yeah, it looked um, it looked abandoned in it as soon as the, the keeper challenges him, or he challenges the keeper, I should say, and the keeper lands on him, doesn't it? And then he, he doesn't seem to move. And as soon as the, there's no movement, he starts to worry. And then it became very evident very quickly that it was quite a serious one. Um, I've never known a game have 19-minute stoppage time before. Uh, certainly not a Rochdale one. And, yeah, um, it's disappointing now that he's out for, for however long he's out for. It was disappointing that he missed the weekend. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was good to see him... Uh, coming out of it and seeing the pictures of him coming out of hospital and stuff like that. And uh, especially so soon after the, the Raul Jimenez one at, at the weekend. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was quite a worry for a, for the time. Yeah, I, I mean, there was some um, Dale fans saying perhaps it was actually a penalty. A free kick was given against him in the end for the clash. Ryan, what were your thoughts on that? Did you see any sort of penalty? I'll be honest, I think... I, I'm not sure it's a foul in that I don't think he's gone to try and, and, and hurt Beasley or Beasley hurt the uh, the goalkeeper. But the position that they're in, it does sort of feel like the, the referee had to make a decision one way or, or the other with that one, didn't it? Yeah, it did. I think you saw, I think the only surprise to me was that they got the free kick. I don't think there's any foul there from Beasley. Um, it's a, I think outside the box, if someone jumps and heads Beasley and the ball like the keeper punched Beasley and the ball. I think you get a free kick. So I'd, it's that old adage of it's probably not a foul in the box, but it is out. But um, yeah, you, you've got to give some because a drop ball after all, that's probably a bit daft. So yeah, I, I can see why you'd shout for it, but I, I'll be honest, I weren't shouting for a penalty. Yeah, what would what would say is I've noticed it a few times. Harry Kane keeps doing it um, for Tottenham, where he he steps back into a defender that's coming to win a header over the top of him, and although it doesn't look like a foul, it is quite dangerous. And I'm not saying that that's what Beasley did, because um, I, I think he was genuinely trying to get in there and win the ball. But I think sometimes um, referees are quite quick to give those because they 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 are more dangerous than they look, even if they, they're unintentional. Um, so, Traff, on, on the tactics in that game, um, I have to say I thought the Plymouth analysts got it all wrong in going three at the back against us because those two up front, Beasley and Humphreys, linked up really well. And for the first time, I think, really, this season, it was noticeable that the 4-4-2 was really working for us. Absolutely. I, I have no idea what possessed them to go with three at the back, um, especially when one of those three is now Canavan. It just that didn't make sense to me. It was like watching... McArdle and Boardman trying to defence, trying to defend, um, watching Canavan and, and Wooten. It was it was awful. They were they were they both had shocking performances. Um, so yeah, the Ryan Law's got to take uh, quite a lot of criticism for that. I think. Um, yeah, it was it was 
it was great to see us line up four four two and a, something a little bit different to what we've what we've not been mourning about what but what we've been a little bit critical of. Um, seeing sort of genuine players in in, in wide areas um, in a more attacking sense and yeah it's, it went down a little bit when um, at the weekend when we tried it without Jake Beasley but against Plymouth it really really worked um, their three at the back was just they were as, as good as we were they were horrendous yeah Ryan we have uh, pretty bad memories don't we of now Canavan I think not so much from his loan spell but when he came to Dale permanently he was pretty poor wasn't he in, a, in quite a poor Dale side and he looked uh, every inch the Niall Canavan of that permanent spell on Tuesday night, didn't he? He had an absolute stinker. Yeah, he was terrible. I think that second goal summed him up where he just switches off when the ball... I still don't think it went out of play, but potentially uh, he just sort of walks back in like, no, it's happening. But yeah, I was pretty excited when we signed him, to be honest. Um, and then he was just he was terrible when he would. It was just what we needed at that time when he was on loan because we needed a head it, kick it, sit deep and do your thing type of player. But then when we tried playing football, as we saw last week, it was just rubbish. And he went off at half-time, didn't, didn't he, last week? And yeah, it could have been more. Yeah, Ryan Delaney sort of followed a similar pattern, didn't he, where he <laughs> first came as that sort of header and kicker, to put it really simply. Just an absolute blocker in centre-half. And then when we tried to play football, um, yeah, it wasn't quite his game. And I think I was quite surprised when he ended up at Plymouth, if I'm honest. I thought he might drop a little bit further than that. And I was even more surprised to see him start in games in League One. Um, but all the better for us because we, we were able to take advantage. Um, Chaff, at the opposite end, um, the only real issue for, for me, the only times that I felt that Plymouth really threatened us were with balls into the box from uh, Ben Reeves, who me and Luke were speaking at the time, sort of waxing lyrical about him. Um, his We've struggled, haven't we, with, with balls into the box this season. Pretty much, even from beyond Brian Barry Murphy's reign, I would say that's been a major issue for us. So, for me, that was almost as pleasing as scoring all the goals on Tuesday, was seeing how well we defended uh, set pieces and, and balls into the box from such a dangerous player as Reeves. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, he's a good player, isn't he? Um, you could you could tell second half when they got a bit more of the ball that he was easily their standout player, um, and anything good that they were going to come was going to come through him. Um, but we, we we more than matched anything that that he was able to to produce. Um, I thought O'Connell and Roberts were excellent, um, and yeah, it was um, pretty straightforward really. They didn't really look like they were ever going to sort of. Trouble us to an extent where the game was in jeopardy for us, or the result was in jeopardy. Sorry, um, yeah, I thought we I thought we defended really well, um, which was a, a really pleasing aspect of the game, especially when we've uh, we've sort of we've gone and done the, sort of the unexpected and get a few goals as well. Ryan, I think the main obviously the main story from the night was the fact that we scored four goals, which hasn't really looked like a possibility for a while, if we're being honest in league games. And a major part of that was the man who scored the fourth, Stephen Humphreys. Now, you said yourself in that game that he showed a side to, to his game that you weren't sure he actually had, but he looks like the sort of complete lower league forward, didn't he, on Tuesday night? It was a, a stunning performance from him. Yeah, I thought he were excellent. I thought 
Yeah, I was surprised that he was, once Beasley went off, he sort of took on that role of winning winning headers and if he weren't winning them. I think last time when he were on loan, when he wasn't going to win the ball, he just didn't sort of attempt to. But I think last Tuesday, even when he weren't going to win the ball against the Giants at the head at the back, he was at least either back in or challenging and putting them off so that their headers were, were wayward of. He missed them. Um, and I didn't think he had that. And he looked like he could be a, a target man for us. Um, he was working hard. You know, we saw with the Beasley goal, his vision and his passing ability is, you know, what it probably was last time he was here. And then a real striker's goal to to top it off as well. And I thought I thought it was superb and sort of bittersweet in a way, because you're like, if we'd had, if we had him all season so far, what could it look like? But yeah, I thought he was brilliant. And I think he's going to be a player for us and he's exactly what we need. And, and hopefully he can kick on even more and who knows what, you know, he, he could become. Um, we've seen players like, it reminded me, I remember watching Carlton Morris against us a couple of years ago for Shrewsbury. And it was very similar to what Humphreys did last week. He, he looked big, powerful, but really good. And yeah, I, I, thought, it, I thought it would just spot on from him. Yeah, Chaff, we, we've maybe said that there was a little bit too much pressure on his shoulders as he was coming back into the team, didn't we, with Humphreys? Because the season wasn't really going to plan and we were struggling to create chances. But he looks like the sort of player who's actually thriving in those sort of circumstances. Of It seems to me like he knows he's the man that we're relying on to, to do something at the top end of the pitch. And if anything, that just seems to be getting the best out of him. It don't take a genius to work out that he's going to be, if, if we're going to do have any sort of, Decent season, he's going to be the focal point, and he knows that. His manager knows that. All the supporters know that as well. Um, and yeah, it's he is the main man, and there is a lot of pressure on him. Because um, Lord knows, I know I know Beasley scored at, at Plymouth, but he's not going to be a seven, eight, ten goal a season striker, is he? To to support, um, and he's going to be relied on to score goals, and I think. What Ryan said, though, was spot on. I thought he was absolutely superb. Um, and he, he, he looks every bit the, the player that we thought we were getting. Um, probably even exceeded a few expectations as well so far. Um, and, yeah, I've been really impressed with him. I just hope it continues. Ryan, one of the sort of criticisms of Brian Barry Murphy's team is always the fact that we look to dominate possession and sometimes don't create chances. Now, Obviously, that's more of an issue when a game's nil-nil or, or we're one-nil behind than it is when we're ahead. But when we are ahead, that sort of comfort in possession, it gives us an opportunity to really control games and frustrate teams, doesn't it? And I think that's... Would you agree that that's maybe part of the reason why we've been better away from home because we've been able to sort of see out games, not just defensively, but by keeping hold of the ball and frustrating the opposition? Definitely, yeah. I think we, we saw bits of of what we've seen for the last couple of seasons under BBM where, you know, we never really went, I know I mentioned Humphreys were good in the air, but we didn't go along too often. And I think a lot of the chances we created were from good moves, um, you know, up through the lines, if you like, because we could, because we were spaced after that early goal. So, yeah, it's definitely a positive. And I think we will be better away from home and against the best, you know, like we saw against Sunderland, for example, Fleetwood, where, 
would be better against those sides who come out and play because, you know, let's be honest, against the teams that will go on to Lincoln, but teams who've been to Portland so far, it's been pretty dire to watch. And as much as it's partly, well, mostly our fault because of the way we're playing, it's very difficult to play against that. And I think I said it last time we, we did one, you know, City have struggled with it all season in the Premier League. So it's not, it's one of those things we're going to have to learn and deal with. But I can see us picking up some shock victories on the road, to be honest. Yeah, I think you're the only person who's compared uh, Dale to City this season. <laughs> but, um, Jaff, one more positive that I'd like to touch on before we move on to that Lincoln game was uh, the performance of Stephen Dooley, who again is a player that I have probably been more critical of than most. But I told my hands up and say he was fantastic on Tuesday. Uh, two assists, got on the ball plenty, was driving forward like like he did when he first signed. Um do you think he benefits from those sort of games, though, where we're ahead and there's a little bit more space for him to operate in? Yeah, probably. I don't think you've been any more critical of him than I have. Um, I think in the, what is it, how many games he played? 60-odd. He's probably had five decent games. Um, I thought he was excellent on Tuesday. I think he probably does benefit from having a little bit more space. Um, when he gets onto the ball, if he's not rushed, into sort of making a decision, I think he's all right. But when he gets closed down quite quickly, which tends to happen in the sort of positions that he's been brought on to play in, which essentially is not sort of any fault of his own, really. Um, so I wouldn't say it's playing to his strengths, but it, whenever he gets closed down, we, he, he loses the ball very, very easily. And it was good to see the impact that he had in a wide area as opposed to a, a more central area. Um, when he came on, on on Tuesday, I thought he was excellent. Um, much, much better. And then if we can go to a four four two on a more regular basis um, and he can put in those sorts of performances, then it can be an asset. Uh, I just don't think we've seen it often enough, but there's evidently a player somewhere in there. Yeah, I suppose he, he, he is, on paper even, the sort of player who um, is never really going to be consistent but the fact that he's like I don't disagree with the fact that he's probably only had five or six good games for us uh, out of 60 or so so it's beyond inconsistency that isn't it it's been pretty consistently bad with an occasional sort of glimpse uh, of what he can do and Ryan I think it's probably Dooley's sort of a good player to to use to move on to the Lincoln game because um, it was sort of chalk and cheese He, he really didn't have a great game uh, against Lincoln, did he? But I know that you are probably a bit more of a fan of him than me and Chaff. So, uh, what did you make of his performance in that game after what was a pretty impressive display at Plymouth to to then put in a, a below par show in a, a Lincoln like the rest of the team? Yeah, he weren't the only one, but um, yeah, I, I agree with a lot of things you've said about him. To be honest, I think he's one of those players where I mean, you've both touched on it when he's got space and the game's a bit more stretched it can be really good because he can pick a pass through the lines and he can you know beat players if he's one-on-one rather than you know teams doubling up and things like that as, as we saw last week um but yeah Saturday wasn't a game for him I think when a team defends so deep it, it, he's not good enough to beat a man in that situation because it's not a man he's beating he's, he's having to beat 
probably their winger, their fullback, and their one of their centre backs as well. So it's yeah, it, it just wasn't the day for him. And I think a lot of I've said it all seen. I think we need wide players. We needed to bring in a couple of wide players, I thought, who can beat men. I think we've got one in bar, but it's perhaps too soon for him. But we don't have people who can do that start of a game to beat the man, get to a byline and get balls in the box when teams are so deep. Dooley's not that. Yeah, well, I suppose that's why there's quite a few supporters that have been quite vocal on Twitter about bringing in um, the lad on trial, Ryan Gondo, I think it's pronounced. Because um, it seems like he's a player in that sort of mould. And I don't know if that's something that the club is still pursuing or not, but perhaps he's someone we'll see coming in in the next few weeks or not. Um, Chaff, overall, that game against Lincoln sort of brought us back down to earth, didn't it? Um, a pretty poor display, but were you expecting more after the Plymouth game or was that pretty much how you saw the game panning out, especially given just how good Lincoln have been so far this season? Um, well, if you'd have offered me a point before the game, I'd have taken it without a question. Um, I don't think we played well. I thought we were fairly awful, to be perfectly honest with you, but I don't think enough credit has gone to Lincoln on how, on how they performed because um, I thought they were excellent. And I just, I don't think, I don't think we saw enough good performances like we saw on Tuesday. I thought too many players um, went missing a little bit. Um, too many players were not as effective. Um, I think if Beasley plays up front with with Humphreys, that might have been a different story. Because um, without... It, it, I know we've said he, he he likes to he's a complete forward, but I thought on Saturday against Lincoln, I thought he was crying out for somebody to, for a natural sort of striker to be up playing with him. And I think Newby playing alongside him, it didn't work for me at all. Um, and the ball wasn't sticking up front, and they were just mopping up everything that came towards. And that um, Mon- what's he called monster? Monster. Yeah, monster at the back. I thought it was excellent. Um, and I just thought they dealt with everything that we we had. I don't think we were good enough. Um, yeah, it was it was disappointing, really. Ryan, well, one thing that I've sort of noticed as a bit of a pattern, really, is that we've struggled to sort of bounce back when we've gone behind this season. Do you think um, that the first goal is maybe more important in our games than it's proven to be in other teams' games? I mean, to, it was a poor performance overall, but until that opening goal went in, I thought it was a pretty even game, to be honest. Yeah, completely agree. In fairness, I think it was a pretty even game, all game. But, yeah, I think we touched on it earlier, talking about the Plymouth game. I think the first game's vitally important. I think it was clear what Lincoln came to do from minute one on Saturday. So for them to go and get the goal first, they got deeper and deeper. And I think... Look, every Rochdale fan knows we've struggled against that, not only this season, but last season and probably the season before that as well. We, we've struggled with it. And, yeah, I thought it was, yeah, the first game, first goal in a game that features Rochdale. As soon as that goal goes in, just stick a tenner on them to win because I think that's going to be the case all season. Um, and, yeah, I think... To touch on what Chaff said, I thought Lincoln were superb. Um, I don't think they've got the credit they deserve. I thought 
we were excellent in the game plan and what we did. I thought we set up the team really well and I didn't realise how good we were. I didn't realise we were second. Um, so you can see why, can't you? They're massive all over the park. And like you said, Monsman was just a, mon- well, he was a monster, weren't he? <laughs> Centre-half. Yeah, I think um, I think perhaps Michael Appleton doesn't quite get the credit he deserves as a manager generally, just because I think, was it Blackburn he had quite a poor spell at when he was still really inexperienced? And I think that's maybe sort of damaged his reputation a bit, but he did quite a good job with Oxford for a while and now seems to be having, I, I mean, on paper that Lincoln job looked like a terrible one to go into after the Cowley brothers' success, but fair play, he seems to have taken them to another level and they really were good on Saturday, but it doesn't, excuse some of the poor individual performances from, from ourselves. Uh, Chap, one of those poor individual performances, I'm afraid to say, was from the goalkeeper, Jay Lynch. And um, we can point to the second goal, the Montsma goal, which we've mentioned already, which he definitely should have done better with. But just generally, there's a feeling that the defence don't look quite as comfortable when Lynch is in goal compared to Bazunu and Sanchez before him, isn't there? No, I'd agree with that. Um, I think you also have to sort of... <laughs> We're comparing what is effectively a League Two goalkeeper to a to two goalkeepers that have come from Premiership clubs. Um, one of which has played a Premier League game this season in Sanchez. So th- th- there's obviously a big sort of difference in in quality there, anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I see Lynch as a very as a as a very able backup. Um, he doesn't play Bazunu's bit, but. Yeah, I thought he was poor. It's probably the first we, we've point, we've sort of pointed at goals previously where we've said if Sanchez or Bazunu's in net and not Lynch, then it's a save rather than conceding a goal. Um, but overall, I think he's okay as a goalkeeper, certainly as a backup goalkeeper. Um, he wouldn't be your number one at any point. Uh, I don't think. I think that was quite obvious at the beginning of the season. He's got to do better with the second goal. That's obvious because it's purely in, in, it's his mistake in it. So um, the first one is one of those where you think if Sanchez or Bazunu's in net, it probably stays out. Um, yeah, he, he didn't have a, a good game at all. Um, it's probably the first time I've seen him where I've thought, mm, yeah, that that was awful. Yeah, fair enough. I- Maybe I'm being slightly harsh on him, but I just feel maybe you're looking for a backup keeper. I think you always feel better when that keeper feels like someone who could progress into becoming a a first-choice keeper or putting pressure on. And I just feel like it isn't there with Lynch. I feel like Bazunu and Sanchez will feel that when they're fit, or sorry, Sanchez before Bazunu, when they're fit, they don't really face any pressure for the shirt. What I would say is if you compared him to Josh Lillis, Probably put him a little bit above Josh Lillis, if not level. I don't think Lillis is any better than him, and he was our first choice goalkeeper for years. Can, um, I ask, can I ask why? Like I was, I was quite a Lillis fan, and I always thought he got a little bit of unfair criticism. What is it that you see in Lynch that sort of puts him above Lillis for you? It's, it might not be what I see in Lynch. It might be what I saw in Lillis, as opposed to what I see in Lynch. But every time Lillis gets anywhere near a football, I fear the worst. Um, any centre back pairing has, has has never looked as comfortable um, when Lillis was behind him, and I, 
I know that he's had really good games and really good shot stopper. We've said that before about previous goalkeepers, but I think if you give me the, the straight option between the two, I'd, I'd pick Lynch over Lillis, definitely. Um, I think he's a, I think he's just as good a shot stopper. I think he's better with the ball at his feet. Um, and yeah, that's probably what I'd, what I'd pick. But. Out of interest, Ryan, which one would you rather have in, in between the sticks? Probably Lillis. Um, it's not, there's not a lot between him and I don't necessarily think that's a positive for either. I think Lillis was a good reaction stopper but I think any time there was a shot outside of the box it tended to go in. I don't know if, I think his shot stopping was overrated to be honest. We had so many shots from outside of the box going against Lillis. Lynch is probably better at coming out and Catching balls, weirdly. I thought against Plymouth, he did it quite well quite a few times. And I think with a feet, they're pretty equal. It's very rare Lynch goes short. He's very much a lumpy keeper, so I think it's close. The cheaper one. <laughs> yeah, that's usually that's usually the uh, the sticking point for us anyway, isn't it? So, <laughs> fair enough. Um, right, sticking with you, uh, Chaff mentioned... Uh, Stephen Humphreys a few minutes ago in this game and I think he was pretty much spot on it, it it was a performance where he cut more of a frustrated figure wasn't it without Beasley alongside him yeah definitely I think he's it's no fault of his own again I think he's going to be much better with a partner a real partner a real striker partner or as a front three with two forwards or wingers if you like and we didn't have either of them. I think Newby had a poor game, so he didn't really offer much. Um, and we've touched on um, Dooley, who was poor out wide. So, worked a game for him. I don't think he necessarily had a poor game, but he didn't have a good game either. I think he kept going until the end. We saw that when he went off and was clearly gesturing that he didn't want to and weren't happy about it. So, yeah, it was... I'm excited to see him and Beasley together. I'm then equally excited to see the potential of Barr coming in later on in the season with those two, potentially. Another player who um, maybe cut a bit more of a frustrating figure again on on Saturday, Chaff, was um, Hayden Roberts. Now, I, I didn't think he had a great game on Saturday, if I'm being honest. I think a few people were praising him, saying he was maybe our best player, but in terms of carrying the ball out, he does what he does. It was just that final ball. There was so many sort of aimless passes forward that I think if they were done by players who hadn't been playing so well, would have come in for a bit more criticism. Is that fair or did you think he had a pretty good game? No, I'm with you on that. I don't think he was poor, but I don't think he had a, a game to the standards that we've seen so far. Um, I don't think... Yeah, the, the, the passing his passing was off. Um, but I don't know whether that was down to him or whether was a, there was a lack of movement in midfield. I don't think the, the centre midfield was particularly good um, on Saturday. But, yeah, it wasn't the, the standard that, we're, that we've sort of come to expect from him, really. Um, and I don't think he had a good game. I don't think O'Connell had a good game next to him either. Um, but yeah, still, I still love it when he, when he, when he start, tries going with the ball and goes was on a little adventure with it. It's still one of my favourite things to to see. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I don't think he was. Uh, I don't think he was brilliant, unfortunately. Yeah, I guess we'll forgive him. Sort of one game where it doesn't quite come off since 
like I said, he has been one of our better players so far this season. Um, but Ryan, one player who I think is probably at the opposite end of that scale is Aaron Morley. Uh, obviously, he scored a stunning goal at Plymouth, and I feel a little harsh on him because we've not really mentioned that in the, when we were talking about the Plymouth game. But on Saturday, he was poor again, wasn't he? It was so many sort of aimless balls forward. And I, I've mentioned to you guys before that in terms of stats, he's, it looks like he's having a great season because he's had more touches than anyone, completing more passes than anyone, playing more forward passes than anyone. And yet, I don't remember a game where I've come where full-time whistles come and I've said, well, Morley was one of the better players on the pitch there. Yeah, I agree. I think it's so frustrating because he does a lot of the simple things really well. I think it's no surprise to me that he's completed, you know, the most or some of the most passes in the league and things like that. Um, because he does do the simple, he, you know, connects play really well. It's just that frustrating ten passes a half where it's a forty-yard diagonal for a throw-in or a goal kick, and it happens far too often. Sort of, you forgive it for a bit because you're like, oh, he's, at least he's trying something. I think that's what we were all like last season, beginning of this. I mean, it, it's happening every game. It's like, well, there comes a point where he's got to learn, either learn, come out of a team, or sort of, he's not going to fulfil any of his potential because he's. I think last season I was hoping he'd kick on and become sort of, you know, Callum Camps, Jamie Allen type level, if you like, and be the next one to to move on but for me at the moment I can only see him going backwards I think that's just yeah annoying I, I think he'd benefit from playing further forward I think we saw that at Plymouth when he scored but I almost saw O'Connell getting frustrated with Morley being so deep so whether it's actually something that was planned I, I don't know because you wouldn't imagine a captain would, would look so frustrated if it was so yeah, I just want him to do the basics, have a couple of games where he just does a simple simple passes and, and gets forward a bit more. Chaff, I guess sort of one of the reasons why he wouldn't be pushing on more is because Matty Lund's uh, occupying that sort of slightly more advanced midfield role. But again, he, he had a really poor game on Saturday, didn't he? I'd even go as far to say it was probably his worst performance of the season and so many niggly fouls where he, he, he lost control of the ball and he never really got into the game, did he? No, I'd agree with that. I thought he was a little bit lucky to stay on the pitch, I thought, to be perfectly honest with you. He picks up that booking for what was a really late challenge. Like, yeah, the ball was in a different postcode to, to to his tackle. Um, it was, And he got a fully deserved yellow card. And then I thought he could have got a yellow card for the for the sort of coming together with... Um, the lad on their side as well and thought he was a little bit lucky to stay on the pitch really. I don't think it was his um it was a good performance from Lund at all. Um and yeah it's going off what we've seen so far this season, um it was disappointing to see him not have much of an impact in the midfield. But um going back to Aaron Marley, I actually thought he was one of our better players on Saturday and I know it's a really unpopular opinion. Um the player that seems to be in the eye of everybody at the moment. Um, but he's always going to have the most forward passes because he picks the ball up at centre-half. He comes that deep to get the ball. But I, whether, you, whether it's a, a plan on or not, I presume it is. I presume he's seen as that sort of quarterback who can, we've, we've said this a few times, who can then go and find a ball 
And I thought more often than not, I thought his passing was all right. Um, and anything that we did do well did look like it was going to come through him. Um, I thought he played all right at Plymouth and I thought his goal it does deserve more of a mention, really. Um, I think it's a brilliant finish. Uh, really well-worked goal. And, and yeah, I, I, I don't... I think there's a lot of reliance on him. I think he's seen as the the, the deep the, the deep line midfielder who's going to create something from nothing. Um, whether it's too much expectation on him or not, I don't know. But he's very much in the he's very much the vocal point of the midfield at the moment, and so there's more eyes on him. And whenever one pass goes astray, it, it's more highlighted than the, the ten simple passes that find the man. So. Yeah, I thought it was a little bit. I thought people's opinions of him were a little bit harsh. I don't think he had a great game, but I don't think he had a bad game at all. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily disagree with some of that. Um, I think what I would say is that I definitely think he is capable of playing in that role. I just don't think it's working at the moment. Um, and whether that's because we shouldn't be playing with a player in that role, or whether that's because Morley's just not performing at a level that he's capable of, I don't really know. I just think. Maybe he needs a rest and maybe we bring in Jimmy Ryan to play that role for a few games because I think Ryan at his worst is not as bad as Morley at his worst, if that makes sense. Uh, and it might even give Morley an opportunity to play a little bit further up, like we've mentioned there as well. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, I guess, over the season to see what happens in terms of Morley's development because this season felt like one that was important for Morley and it's not quite going to plan so far. One man who we also mentioned on Saturday uh, and didn't really mention about in the Plymouth game, even though, again, he, he got himself on the score sheet, Ryan, was Jimmy Keoghan. Um Where do you stand on him at the moment? Because he's come in, starting at left-back ahead of Talaji Bowler, who's sort of dropped out of the team now, it seems. Um, do we think he's capable of sort of making that role his own or is it just does it just feel like he sort of stands in for whoever's not quite performing at that time? No, I certainly don't see him taking a left-back role long-term. I think there's, if we didn't have Ryan McLaughlin, I think he could make the right-back his own because I think he's done well there for the majority of this season. Um, but at left-back, no, I think what we've probably seen is Bowler playing more football than he's used to. I think we heard Roberts' interview where he said he were taking his toll on him because he's not used to it, so... Bowler playing left back, doing a lot more shuttle running. He's probably struggling a little bit and he had a really poor game uh, somewhere. Northampton. Northampton, he had a really poor game. So I think he's come out since then. And yeah, he'll come back in, I'm sure of it. And then we'll see Kia Hain being that utility sort of coming in for, for either of them when be knackered or on a Tuesday night for McLaughlin, for example. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't see him being a a long-term fit left-back, certainly not. Probably not a right-back either, but I think he's capable of it. Uh, and Chaff, another couple of players that I sort of wanted to touch on um, in the context of the Lincoln game. I think you mentioned him a little bit earlier, but it was another poor performance from Alex Newby, wasn't it, as well in this game? And um, since there is such pressure on us to be a little bit more attacking and creative from the supporters at the moment, it, it really sort of jars when Newby has a performance where he loses the ball a lot and doesn't quite create anything. Uh, do you think it, there's maybe a little bit too much pressure on him though, since he is in that role sort of on his own in a way and he's still only 
15 or so games into his football league career. Yeah, I think there's a lot of pressure on him, um, to be honest. Um, we've said it a few times, haven't we, that every time we look to create um, in, a, in the final third of the pitch, Alex Newby's the one who's sort of given that responsibility. And he's done it. He, he, he scored a couple. He's created... Uh, he's created a few um, and I think he, he's done all right on the whole but when he has a poor game it's really highlighted and I don't think playing up front sort of helps either because I think for him to have an, an impact on the game I think he's got to get the ball maybe 10-15 yards further back or further wide than what he was playing um, against Lincoln so I don't think it suited him at all um, and I think we do have to remember as well that he is only like you said, 15 or so games into his football or his professional football career. So there's there's a lot of pressure on him. Um, I do believe he will still be a very valuable asset to us um, over time. Um, we've, there's almost an expectancy that he's going to create something every time he gets the ball. Um, and because of the style of play that he has, it, when when he loses the ball, it's quite it, it looks it looks really poor. I don't know whether you guys agree, but I see, in terms of the style of play, he reminds me a little bit of Andy Howarth um, when he came. I think he'll go on to do better than what Andy Howarth did. But because he's uh, because he picks the ball up and he and he's a bit in his skillful and he wants to he wants to turn this way and that way when it doesn't come off, it looks worse than if somebody's like Matt Lund did it. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of pressure on him, and I think he'll come good. Yeah, I think Newby's pretty much summed our season up, to be honest. I think he's done very well away from home for the majority of the season because he's had more space and there's more space to run into. And then at home, we struggled because, let's be honest, we all saw where Charlie finished last season. They would have been playing teams who were sitting back in two banks of four. He'd have had space to run into and that would have caught the eye and that's what we've seen in the games where he's played really well. So I think He's got a lot of learning to do this season, as is the full squad, if we're honest, because none of them will be used to it either. Um, so I think he's one for the future. I think he'll be a really good player for us, I'm certain of it. And I think he has been for quite a bit of a time this season. I just think he's struggling in those games that, well, the team is. And whether that's the team doing not doing as well because newbie isn't or newbie not doing as well because the team isn't, I guess we'll find out later on. But I th- yeah, no criticism. No, yeah, not too much heavily criticised from me. Yeah, I guess Chaff Quadro Bar sort of sits into the same sort of category as that, doesn't it? Because he didn't really do much when he came on, but by that point, the game was sort of getting beyond us a little bit. But this still feels like a little bit of frustration that he doesn't do anything, which is a little bit harsh given that he's still only 17, as I feel like we keep mentioning. Yeah, it's um, it's it's very similar. I mean, he was at... It, he was outstanding when he came on against Northampton, weren't he? Um, and he completely changed the game, got us back into the game. And we have seen glimpses of how good he can be. Um, but we've also seen how sort of little impact he can have as well. Um, yeah, the last, especially Saturday when he came on, he, he, he's done very, very little. Um, but again, I think everybody crying for him to come on to change the game at the age that he is and the level of experience that he's got is putting a lot of pressure on him as well. Um, and obviously because he's a, a pacey, tricky winger, 
whenever he gets the ball, there's almost a, an anticipation that he's got to do something with it. And when it doesn't quite come off, it's, it's highlighted a little bit like newbie. So, yeah, um, I don't think it was a particularly good performance. I thought he was quite poor when he came on, but there's there's an awful lot more to come from Quadrobar. Yeah, and even if it's sort of, even if we get four or five performances like that Northampton one, for a 17-year-old to be able to turn the game on its head like that, that I think most supporters will be quite happy and quite excited by that. It's just that um, there is a bit more pressure just because there are fewer players in the squad that are sort of capable of creating something out of nothing, I suppose. Um, Ryan, I just wanted to touch on a couple of sort of overall points from not necessarily the last few games, but the season as a whole as well. Uh, do you think maybe fans have been a little bit too critical at times this season? Do we have to be a little bit more accepting of where we are as a club in terms of the finances and also playing games behind closed doors. The fact that we were, I know I've mentioned it before, but we were odds on to be relegated at the start of the season. It always see, does, it, does it seem to you a little bit harsh when fans are critical, given that we're not in the relegation zone and we have been able to pick up wins like that one at Plymouth? 100%. 100%. I think I were quite excited about the season because no one gave us a cutting L's chance of staying up. So I thought, oh, you know, fans' expectation levels will be lower and it, it might be a bit more, you know, positive around the place and people are finally seeing where we are as a club and where we are as a team in this division in terms of, well, everything, budgets, resources, actual team, managers still inexperienced. And then the season starts and it sort of, I think it's just a new... I'm going to sound like an old man here, I'm 23, but it's like a new age of football fans, I think, at the minute. And I think you see it all up and down the country where your team wins and you're going up and it's that, what is it, HMS piss for league and all that sort of crap comes on Twitter. And then you lose and it's BBM out, sack the board, going down, players are all useless, get bar on. And it's like, there's no... I just want us to draw a game and see what happens then. Uh, but yeah, I think you've got to, people, straight after the game, I think this is what, it, social media in it, it's like, straight after the game, you know, emotions are high either way and things get put on. It's whether the players see it, you've probably got to be thick-skinned if you're a footballer. Um and then I think you probably talk to him on a Tuesday or a Wednesday after a Saturday and it's probably a bit more measured. But yeah, I think people have got to realise where we are as a football club and a, and a team. And I think you've, we mentioned earlier the 15 years of positive you know, stuff within the football club. Yeah, but a lot of those were positives in League Two and we had a couple of good seasons in League One. And for us to still be fighting in League One, we're not in the relegation places, by the way. And to you know, still be in League One and competing, you how is it not a positive? I don't understand. <laughs> I liked that you uh, you told me that we weren't in the relegation zone, even though I'd said that during the question. <laughs> That's if I didn't. <laughs> um, Chav, do you think that that's a fair assessment? I mean, I noticed there was a conversation on the on the message board this week about the fact that perhaps in the past, even though we haven't been as high a level. At times, it was maybe more entertaining. Maybe more people got more enjoyment out of going to watch Dale. Now, you've been going longer than me and Ryan, but I certainly, even though it's not 
the perfect season. We're losing a lot of games and we're struggling towards the bottom of the table. I certainly prefer what we're seeing at the moment to some of the teams that I saw in my first few years of going to watch Rochdale. I don't know where you stand on that. Yeah, very much so. Um, some of the people comparing it to to times that were just truly awful, like the Steve Air era, the Simpson era, the Barrow era. It doesn't compare. It doesn't come close to comparing. Um, I think it's just. I think it's just that BBM's got a different way of playing the game of football than any previous Rochdale manager, um, and I don't think an element of our support like it very much. I think they find it boring. Um, and it's very much just a, a difference of opinion. I think a lot of people would be quite happy for us to be 18th in the league if we were showing that no fear attitude that we did under Keith Hill, for example, and just lining up and going attacking teams. Um, but because that's not evident, because we, we're at the bottom end of the table, not in the relegation zone, as Ryan quite well pointed out after you did. Um, <laughs> the table, it started, people are thinking, well, what are, the, what are the positives to this? We're not seeing attacking football. It's all a bit negative and, um, yeah, what, what's, what's the point sort of thing? So I, I see where they're coming from. I don't agree with it. Because um, I think I think we've seen some very very good times under Brian Barry Murphy. I think we've seen some really good results this season, even last week. Um, and yeah, I, I just there has to be an expectation of of where we are as a football club. Um, whether you accept that expectation or not is a different matter. Um, we were odds on to go down this season. I think we're at eight to eleven with most bookmakers. Um, it's on, it's almost a certainty that that we go down this season. Everybody's got pegged as being in the relegation zone come May, and I do. To to be perfectly honest with you, I still think we'll we'll, we'll struggle to stay up. Um, but if 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 we did, I wouldn't hold it against anybody because I just think that that's where we are as a football club. Um, and I just think some of the some of the things that you see on the social media side of it, it they're just mind-boggling, and I have to I have to really buy my tongue. And it just doesn't. I think people need to have a bit, little bit more reality about it. Fair enough. Um, what I would say on that is, uh, I think the fact that, like Ryan mentioned as well, fifteen years pretty much of a lot of success and a lot of that success did come under Keith Hill, like you mentioned there, and that no fear football. And I think when you have success at a club, the fans sort of come to expect any success to be in the same form, if that makes sense. So they expect to sort of replicate what Hill did. But what Hill was trying to do towards the end of his second spell was going to send us down. Simple as that. And it's the same guy. That's not, that's not someone else trying to replicate Keith Hill. That was Keith Hill, and we were getting relegated under him. And people need to remember that. 100% agree with that. Ryan, Uh, I think you had another point to make as well. Yeah, it's probably a bit redundant now after that little passionate um, (laughs) outburst from a host. But um, I was just going to touch on my North Fear football. I think we are trying to do that. And I think when we were doing that under Keith Hill, we weren't getting to... 
keep saying this, but we weren't getting teams putting 11 men behind the ball. We were getting teams coming out of Little Rochdale and saying, we're going to beat you because you're rubbish. And we were able to play expansive football because of the, the games were always so open. Whereas now, we're seeing similar performances when the games are up. Like last week, that were very much a no fear key fill type performance that away at Plymouth. And then you play at home and you, you can't play it. You can't against teams like Lincoln. I don't think we beat that with any key field team. I think they were just too good at doing that. So I think yeah. the issue there, though, is that we haven't won anyway. So, obviously, the frustration is, how do we win those games? And that's yeah. for BBM to sort of figure out, I guess. And it's not easy. It, like, there's a reason that we're, we were as short as we were to go down. So, I think we've got to sort of cling on to those positives when they come. But I think you've both made some pretty relevant points there. And hopefully some supporters will listen to it and take it on board and maybe start to get behind the team a little bit more, which I think makes us sound a little bit like happy clappers. But I think we're just being realistic, to be honest. Um, I'm aware that we're running out of time, so I think we'll move on to our game to finish off, if that's okay, guys. So the match in question, since we've got Peterborough coming up this weekend, is the three-all draw at London Road, uh, Saturday the 5th of May 2007, last game of the season. the season in which Keyfield did take over halfway through the campaign, finished 3-3. Um, I've once again forgotten who won the last quiz. Chaff. Yeah. So, Chaff, you can go first for me, mate. That's any player in the Rochdale squad from that game. Um, I have a vague recollection that there was a bit of a scuffle at the end of the game involving Glenn Poole. So, I'm going to go with Glenn Poole on loan yeah. at the time. Yeah, that's correct. This might be another short one. Um... God. How old so, were you out of interest, Ryan? Are you using that as an excuse this time? or I'd have been nine. No, that's not an excuse. Right, brilliant stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, Chris Dagnall. Yep, Chris Dagnall scored twice for Dale that day. Did he? Rundle? Yep, Adam Rundle came off for Glenn Poole. I mentioned actually off air before we started this game that there is a player in this squad that I have absolutely no recollection of whatsoever. Made two appearances, apparently. Right. Glenn Murray. Yep, Murray scored the other goal for Dale. Oh. Um, Who'd have been in net? The last season before Jokes went. Yep, Matt Jokes played. It would have been presumably his last game, actually. Yeah, I think it was. McArdle. Yep, Rory McArdle's correct. If, that was, if I'm thinking it's Jokes' last game, then I think he might have been in Alan Goodall's last game as well. Um, so Because I think they went in that same summer. I'll go with Goodall. Yep, Alan Goodall's correct. I might have to credit under the cost with this, but Simon Ramsden? Simon Ramsden's correct also. David Perkins? David Perkins is correct. We've, we're down to the last... Uh, Three starters now. Have I got any chance with this? Um, there's one player who I think everyone will remember. Last game of the season? Pardon? Was it the last game of the season? Yeah, last game of the season. Thompson? Yes, Joe Thompson's correct. I think now we're getting into tough... Tough territory. I'll be impressed if anyone can get any of these. I wish I had Glenn Murray. Yeah, Glenn Murray's been said. 
there was a parking signing rather than a hill signing, but it was mainly parking squad, weren't it? So I'm, I'm going to go with an outside shot of Lee Crooks. Lee Crooks is correct. Leaves us with one starter, uh, two players who came off the bench and uh, two unused subs. Oh. He would have been sent. The other sent would Goodall played centre-half. No, so I think looking at the team, I think Ramsden played centre-half. So it's a right back. Oh. And then we've got the player that I literally have no recollection of. And um, a couple of forwards and the sub-goalkeeper. Forwards, right. Isaac and Christie. Incorrect. Chaff takes the victory. Chaff, do you want to have a go at any of the others? or? Um, if you said it was a right back, because you think Simon Ramsden was at centre-half, then that makes me think that the, the right back might have been Gary Brown. Gary Brown's correct. I thought he got injured that pre-season. Him. Yeah, it what was the last game of the season, wasn't it? So it might have been that he might have been that he was back fit by then. Uh, the other the others um coming off the bench was Louis Dodds. Uh mm. and I think it was Matthew Bates. Do you have any recollection of him? Never heard of him. I have a vague recollection of a Tom Bates. Oh, it might be Tom. To be honest, I, I had to do quite a lot of Googling and I've lost the Google search now. So, But uh, I remember reading that he'd come from Coventry uh, and was sort of on a short-term deal, but obviously didn't uh, stay any longer. And then the two unused subs were Lloyd Rigby and Danny Reaped Banana Feet. Yeah. Banana Feet. So, guys, uh, we'll call it a day there, I think, and we'll obviously reconvene to talk through the Peterborough and Wigan games next week. Uh, so all that's left for me to say is, Chaff, thanks once again for joining me. Yeah, nice one. Thank you very much. And Ryan, thank you again, mate. Yeah, cheers, Dean. And thanks, everyone, for your continued support and listening. We'll catch you next time. Up the Dale. of a tune <laughs> <laughs> that's staying in as the uh, little outtake that <laughs> <laughs>